Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Science Fiction Rating System. If you listened last week, you may have heard uh, bits of our interview with Valerie Charlton, who worked on special effects for Brazil, which we rated and ranked last week. Uh, that interview was pretty wide-ranging, went on for over an hour, so we thought we'd put the whole thing this week, because we talked about all sorts of stuff, Monty Python films, uh, Indiana Jones, Jabberwocky, Time Bandits, Dark Crystal... It's a pretty much uh, if you were if you grew up in the eighties as we all did, it was a pretty exciting uh, interview. So we thought we would put the whole thing up pretty much unedited. So enjoy. I'll hand over to Chris for the intro you heard last week again, but then new stuff. I promise. Okay, bye. So uh, today we're going to chat to uh, Valerie Charlton, who's a good friend of mine. I got to know her a couple of years ago. Uh, she lives not far from me, and. Uh, after a bit of quizzing, I found out that she worked on some of my favourite old movies. And uh, that includes things like Monty Python, Life of Brian, Time Bandits, Meaning of Life, Brazil, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, and I thought, oh, let's have a chat with her. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm in Val's house. She kindly invited me over. And so is Sam and Alex via the internet. Yep. Yeah. And we're all uh, we're all going to chat about uh, Val's career. Um, Sounds good. And particularly her collaborations with Terry Gilliam on the film Brazil. Hi, Valerie. Hi there. Val's just been to and done a talk about all of films at the Frame Store, which is the big VFX house in London. Oh, so cool. she got to meet all the all the people there. But they're on another level now, aren't they? There. Mm. There, um, I'm surprised that there's that many people doing VFX in the middle of London. It's not mm. like all in India or something because there oh, is tons out they're there. They're moving to India. Are they? They're, right. they're opening up in India as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah. Andrew's going to be Actually, going yeah, over I there. Actually, I remember yeah. reading that that yeah, the yeah. guy who owns Frame Store is basically and sold got, it to a Chinese company. Um, they've got something in China as well. Yeah. In yeah. fact, the Chinese have bought Frame Store. Yeah. You yeah. know, they own it. He's, yeah, he made that guy made it. I can't remember his name. The uh, Scottish guy who started Frame Store. It's Mike yes. McGee. Is it? Was it Mike McGee? No. There was a. He's one of the early Is he? directors from there. Yeah, they, they all came. There were students, you know, at Bournemouth. Right. And uh, they've all made a ton of money now because they've oh, just yeah. sold out to the Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think now editing is kind of you're kind of really super restricted when it comes to VFX shots because you've got shots coming in which cost a lot of money. Yeah, you uh, can't, the you can't houses, drop the canyon pros once they're past a certain point because of the, yeah, the sort of cost into them. Yeah, you know I mean? but yeah, I read it, I read at one point that Brazil had got they've got two editors working on it at the same time. They've got like the studio had got somebody, and then there was the, the Gilliam's guy as well doing two separate edits. You know, without knowing one was doing it, which sounds insane. Yeah, I heard that there's actually an, a version of the film which they tried to make it more. Uh, with a happy ending on it. A happy ending. Yeah. Oh, Brazil you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, there was great pressure to make it a happy ending. Um, And, I mean, Terry had to really stick out against that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's extraordinary because I was just going through, I looked through the crew list last night and I looked through, there was a really small group of people of us, in effect. You know, I, Mm. I was trying to count them up. There was... There was Richard Conway was leading it, yeah. and this is the flying sequences. Yeah. Um, George Gibbs was the was the head supervisor, but George wasn't really um, 
an artistic man. He was yeah. a, he was he was the front man of the yeah. effects team, uh, but Richard was the genius. Yeah. And um, and then there was Bob Hollow, who was um, a terrific mechanic. I yeah. mean, he made all those wonderful uh, sort of robotic things. Yes. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they just went off to which in that age and, is in that time that that's pretty crazy. What was going on there that oh it was crazy and they were making it up as they went you yeah, know they yeah. were given total freedom yeah, really and, yeah. and Bob was just having the time of his life putting yeah. stuff together with the old typewriters and yeah, yeah. all kinds of gear and uh, no it was brilliant yeah, um, yeah. but there was only about six of us there was Martin Gant mm. um, me uh, Richard Bob and uh, Tim no he wasn't he, he was a runner at that stage I can't I can't remember all the people, but I mean, there weren't very many of us mm. doing those scenes, and so we had sort of very direct contact with Terry. Yeah. Um, I mean, every morning we, you know, we'd look at the rushes all together and and then work out what we had to do for the day. Wow. <laughs> and uh, and so it was very intimate in mm. that sense. You know, he was absolutely on it mm. and had lots of really good ideas. You know, it's very practical when you're yes. working with him because yeah, yeah, he's thinking about how to shoot. You know, like. Because we were working in a fairly s- small studio, I made three models of different sizes of the yeah. Flying Man. Yeah. So I made the one that's about 12 inches, I think. Mm-hmm. And then there's a half-scale one. You can see one. You see over there? Yeah. You, know, next, you see the little portrait head? Yes. Oh, Just see, next yeah. to that, there's a yeah. little Flying Man there. Well, yeah. I made one that size. He's about three inches long. Yeah. And that was just to do the distance shots. Yes. I mean, you might only see it in a... Yeah, know, just, fleetingly, yeah, but yeah. It, it was there. And then, of course, there was um, Jonathan Price, full full size. Yeah. So that was, you know... And then just, just a ton to... of, like, smoke to cover the wires. <laughs> smoke and steam yeah. and everything that was going, yeah. And yeah. we made all the clouds as well. Yeah. All those clouds were handmade, wow. yeah. So was there, like, a clockwork... There's a, a moving model. There's one where the wings move and things, is there? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. It was a fantastic model. Mm. I mean, I did the sculpt for it, and yeah. then Richard and, I think... Martin did the, and Bob would have done the insides, the mechanics right, okay. of it. Yeah. And no, it did everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. But they cheated it by, um, uh, you know, by the camera speeds. that had three different camera speeds yes. going. Yeah. So whereas it, it sort of shot, it was on a rig, so it yeah, shot yeah, through yeah, yeah, yeah. in a few seconds. Yeah. And, but, but it was... Um, when when it, when we saw it the next morning, it'd been slowed down. You saw all that lovely fluid movement. I see. But it what didn't we didn't shoot it like that because you couldn't. Yeah. It makes all the clouds and the smoke move in the right, right speed yeah. as well. Otherwise, it yeah. you sort of it shows the scale. Yeah. Um, and that's what Terry was really smart at. You yeah, know, he's yeah. really smart at understanding because scale is a, is in movement as well. You know, you, yeah. the movement will give away the, the scale of something, and if yeah, it's yeah. too too fast or too juddery or something, you know. It, He's really good at slowing things down yeah. to get get the sort of impact of it. Yeah. Um, the bit I always love is the the samurai, all the detail on the you know oh the dream God. sequence. Like, how was were you involved with building that? Were you? With no, I wasn't. No, that was um, Jim Atchison was doing the costume, and right. uh, that was a full size thing. So um, I'm not quite sure who did that, who actually made it. Mm. I don't know who the makers were. I think it was made out of the studio, and it mm. might have mm. been. Um, uh, now there's a, there was a chap called um, uh, oh my god I've got them all written down yep. I need to get my notebook right, can I get cool. my notebook yep. just a sec no sweat Ooh. Ray Scott Ray Scott yeah uh. just, 
if I've got, no. I made a lot of notes. So no worries. Mallow is very well prepared here. That's good. It makes a change for me. <laughs> yes, I'm going to say. Show us off. <laughs> well, I didn't write it down, I, you know. Yeah. Oh, my God. We've got a whole notebook here. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and I need my glasses on as well. Oh, my God. Um, yes, there was a, a very good uh, model maker called Ray Scott. Hmm. And um, he, did, I think he might have had something to do with the samurai. Yeah. He did... He did, I'll tell you what, he definitely did with the Forces of Darkness, those okay, baby yeah. face things. Yeah. He made those. And um, it was a very good make. He's still around, I think. Did you do the, was it a cut sequence with the eyeballs? Yeah. Yeah. I made all, I, yeah. I, I drew, Yeah. I painted the iris that went in. We, I did a blue one and a brown one. Right. Um, and then, I've got still got the paintings. Yeah. yeah. And then we <laughs> reduced them mm. and... We made 600, uh, bought, bought 600 billiard balls. Yes. This was Richard yeah, sorted yeah, yeah, that yeah, out. Yeah. Bought 600 billiard balls, yeah. drilled them, yeah. put um, put the iris in yeah. and filled it with clear resin. Yeah. And then I had to sit yeah. and etch onto every one of those eyeballs yeah. fine red vein lines. Okay, <laughs> so, yeah. so I sort of etched with a Dremel yeah. hmm. fine uh, just fine little scratches, yeah, and then yeah, yeah. we just rubbed red paint into okay. it. Okay, yeah. and they're kind of motorised. Must have been motorised from the back, right? Or no, controlled. from underneath. They from were underneath. On the, yeah. They were on. It didn't work. You see, we yeah. had to cancel it because yeah. it didn't work properly. Um, it was two beds, yeah. one under the other. Yeah. So the top bed was shaped like a landscape, in, okay. just a bed of resin with holes drilled in it. So yeah. the eyeballs sat in the holes. Yeah, right? yeah. Then each eyeball had a stalk. Mm. Going down underneath mm. onto a different onto a, a parallel bed. The idea was that they would move the parallel bed, and that would move With, the yeah, eyeballs. Yeah. Cool, but it didn't right. work properly. And yeah. it, actually, the concept was wrong. I discovered years later. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked to an engineer about it. He said, yeah. "No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't have had them parallel. You yeah. should have had them going to one central point." Ah, yeah, yeah. So then they'd all focus at yeah, one point because when they'd all they, some would it, move more than others. Yeah. 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 Because what happened by having them parallel, yeah. some of them would move, and then all of a sudden one would jump out. <laughs> yes. So while they were all sort of going like this, up, yeah, there, yeah, yeah. one would go the other way. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it could never, we could never shoot it properly. Yeah. yeah. We spent a fortune. I spent about eighty grand on that, just doing, making the model and yeah. pissing about, you know, and it didn't work. Um, I think Terry wanted a lot more dream sequence. Yeah. From what I heard. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And he wanted that in. He still loves the idea of it. And yeah. it is a great idea. Um, yeah. It was. It looked fantastic. I mean, the, statically, you know, I've got yeah. photographs of it. It yeah, looked yeah. absolutely amazing. Mm. But it just didn't move properly. It's weird because then, again, to make that today, yeah, you, oh, probably, you could do that in an afternoon. I know. Of course you would. It's, uh, I know. But it wouldn't... But it wouldn't look the same. Yeah, it's Why doesn't it look the same? You see, I don't know. I, we had this conversation at the frame yeah. store about, you know, what... What is the difference between yeah. say, knowing that something has been made for real yeah. and what's gone into that? Yeah. And I then, think you kind of forgive things as well, right? Because you know yeah. that you're not watching a man flying through the sky. Yeah. But there's like a magic to it, though, isn't there? That's, yeah. I mean, we discussed it quite a lot, haven't we, on different films, like mm. older stuff, where there is that... There's something about the physicality of a real model that, as you say, it's that, that magic's a good word for it. Like you, you go with it, don't you? But yeah. there's bits in Brazil that, if someone put in a film today, you'd be like, "What? What are you doing? You know, <laughs> what's? Why does it look like this?" Mm. But in Brazil, it just looks 
like perfect. A lot yeah. of the dream stuff, especially the stuff with, um, as I say, with the samurai and with all the um, like the creatures, the doll masks on. You know the yeah, mm. um, yeah. Uh, the way it's shot and the way it's lit with all the neon lights, stuff like that. Mm. Oh no, it's it, incredible. It's yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? It's, and it's aged and wonderfully, it, I think. The only thing that I think Jim was disappointed about, I picked this up yesterday listening to some of the stuff that. Um, the costume was so incredible and it could cost a lot of money. Yeah. And, mm. you know, they'd put lots of bits of computer into the costume. Yeah. And, of course, it was moving so fast you never saw it. Mm. Yeah. I think he was a bit disappointed. We're talking about, about the that. wing costume. The, no, the samurai. Samurai. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that was, I think that was a bit, I had to make a, I had to cast uh, Jonathan's face mm. for that. Mm. Uh, there's, a, there's a fleeting shot yeah. where the face inside the costume okay. is... Face cast that I painted. Oh, right, okay. Uh, and I think it's just before it burns. Yeah, yeah. You know, something where it's catching yeah, light yeah. and we couldn't use him. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so fleeting, I can hardly see it. Yes. <laughs> I've spent ages on it. <laughs> but it matches completely to him. And what was like, what was uh, Jonathan and and the cast like to work with? Well, I, I wasn't really that close to John. Only if you had to do an effect with them at you. Yeah, no, we didn't no. really. I mean, I I could go and watch things being shot, you know, yeah, once yeah, I'd yeah. done my work, yeah, yeah. and that was interesting. And I, you know, watched Robert De Niro doing the all the plumbing shots, and, <laughs> and that was great. You know, I loved doing that. And I made a little model of him, yeah, a little tiny model like yeah. that, which. When you know when he goes on the zip wire, goes on the zip wire down yeah, yeah. from the flats. I and love was, the miniature of that city. Yeah, that. 1984 city yeah because you can see like a little train or something moving across a viaduct mm. it's got just enough detail mm. and not too much mm. like it's a brilliant model yeah it was absolutely brilliant you know it's modeled on a real uh, estate in france okay yeah okay. and in fact they went some of the shots i think they went over and, and might have done a couple of shots actually in the street in, yeah, on yeah. the estate okay and then the model exactly matched it yeah. i found i found um it's called if I, I don't know how you spell it but it's Marne la Polay yeah is the name of the estate and it was a very well known sort of um art deco but yeah. it was a new estate which yeah. was built in a kind of art deco style okay. and Terry had seen it and liked okay. it so we we used that completely mm. but the model was breathtaking yeah yeah and all those those little trucks were models you know yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. a lot of the explosions it yeah, was how big models. was the miniature the model of the estate yeah, would yeah. be um, I mean, as high as this room, yeah, so and probably out here but, somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. a twenty-foot square model. type yeah. thing. Yeah, because we had to yeah. blow it up at one point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also really like that shot where it's the like the housing estate, and it is a miniature. Mm. It they do a little trick, don't they? Where you think it's and they put it away. Yeah, and it's got the power plant behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's. That's, with the smokestack um, with the clouds the, on them. Yeah. Cooling towers. Yes, the cooling towers. And the towers. man's yeah. face yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. There's loads of little things like, and there's the kids playing in the corner with, they, they're like, one of them searching some other kids with like a machine gun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's a, there's a poster, it says like, it's for like a cruise, yeah. but it's like this real brutalist sort of, it looks like a, a trawler boat, but it says it's safe, secure. There's just little loads of little details to find. Oh, fantastic. If you really yeah, I know. watch it, it's a long old movie, actually, isn't it? It's what was it? It's <coughs> two hours twenty seven minutes, I think. Something like that, yeah. Yeah. And I read that was the main sort of concern with the studio. The studio wasn't it? The studio wanted a shorter film, I think. That's right. They that wanted to yeah. shorten it, but there's so much in it. I mean, it is it is extraordinary, uh, yeah. and I was just 
getting into it again yesterday. It's great to be reminded because at the time you've so much just doing your job, it, you mm. kind of take it all for granted and just think, oh, you know, it's just another film. Yeah. At the time, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't, I don't think I knew. Well, with all the films, I, I had no idea they would have the life they've had, mm. you know, that they would still be current. How many years after? 40, 50 years after? 40 years, <clears throat> yeah. I was going to say, like, in terms of, like, the effects and stuff, like, obviously you've had a hand in quite a lot. Like, how was the work, like, broken down? Was it just, like, you're a team that got involved in everything, or the bits that, you know, you, yeah. did you choose between you what you did, or how did it work? Like, Well, um, Terry would talk to Richard, and then we'd have a brainstorm about what was the best way to do it, and mm. um, and everybody would sort of throw in their two pennyworth, and, uh, and it was interesting, because when we were doing the clouds, there was... I remember talking about how to do those, and there was Bob Hollow, who was Bob was called Metal Mickey because he did everything in metal. Right. <laughs> I did everything soft stuff. Yeah, you know, mm. so I was I was I was a modeler, but I was mm. um, uh, tended towards softer things. And then Richard was was the the real artist in there, and I mean, because he he was he he'd come up through um, Thunderbirds, I think, yeah, when right. he was very young. Okay, yeah, and um, he was a genius, absolute genius, and. Uh, he he had the artistry. He'd been to art school, mm. but he also was, uh, you know, knew everything about mechanics and engineering, yes. yeah, and, yeah. and had a, worked on heaps and heaps of stuff. Um, so he was he was incredibly uh, central to the creative um, part of how we did the clouds and everything. But we ended up making scaffolding uh, rigs on wheels, mm. and then he covered them with wire netting, and then. Um, then we covered them with um, polyester wadding, and that w- that was all sort of hand teased okay, all the way yeah, through yeah. and made to look. <laughs> it's really hard to make a cloud. You'd be surprised. Yes, yeah. really, you can really get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and there was only one or two of us could do it. I think yeah. it was only Richard and me who could do it. Mm. Made it look really cloud-like. Mm. And we we did a lot of research, you know, we looked at a lot of pictures of clouds and yep. at one point they were going to take us up in an aeroplane and <laughs> and actually have us look Just in from inside never seen a, cloud. a cloud, you know, <laughs> to see what, what it was like. So, yeah, we did a lot of research. We had to get the best quality polyester wadding. Yeah. Some of it didn't work because it was, was, if it wasn't the right quality, you couldn't get the right sort of fluffiness into okay. it. Yeah. Um, but we found one that was really good, and uh, and we just sort of we just teased it out until we got it right. And then the trouble was we had to be careful with all the steam and the smoke and everything; yeah, it could yeah. collapse very okay. easily. Yeah. But to keep constantly, you know, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then and then we had these rigs. Uh, they were on these sort of square, um, uh, just rigs made out of um, scaffolding. Yeah. And but they were on wheels, so we could wheel them around and make different. Oh, arrangements, yeah, turn them around the other way. Uh, and, yeah. You know, so it's all done quite a small studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Y- you've told me before about that sequence with the big monoliths. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was fantastic, yeah. Uh, smashing through the ground. Yeah, oh, yeah. wow, yeah. Well, that was... Um, that. I mean, that first of all, there was a platform built which would have been, what, the height of that room. What's that? Um, probably about 10 foot. Yeah. Um, 12 foot high or something. And... The two um, monoliths were inside that, mm. and on yeah. top of the platform, we built the landscape. Yeah, yeah. And so I built that with um, Keith Short. Okay. And uh, we used we we just packed. Um, I don't know if you know that red casting 
sand. It's yeah. used in engineering, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. my my it's like fine sand. No, 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 no. It's 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 a very particular kind of sand. Yeah. My family, my grandfather and my father were pattern makers, yeah. and they for the shipbuilding industry in yeah. Sunderland. Yeah. My grandfather had his own business, yeah. but they so they used to make wooden patterns yeah. of things like ships' propellers, oh, right. which would be cast in steel. And when they cast, they they put they cast using this red sand, which yeah. was wet, yeah. and they sort of pack, it packed into a very firm shape, so you could use it as a as a mold. Yes. They were molded yeah. in the mm. it, sorry in this sand, and then they could pour the steel uh, yes. molten yeah. um, steel into the into the shapes. So we used that sand because you could pack it into different shapes. So we, we created this sort of landscape with all yeah. the rolling hills and everything yes. yeah. by packing that. And then we just sprinkled um, sort of powder colours. And, oh, I know what I got. I I sent for, you know, on the Isle of Wight, they have coloured sands. Yes. They have mm. all these beautiful yeah. coloured sands. That, yeah. I've still got some, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I sent for bags of every colour sand from the Isle of Wight. Brilliant. And we sprinkled it all yeah. over this landscape. Yeah. And the awful thing is that the colour in the film has never, or even on any photographs I've got, has never showed it as it was in no. real life. It's yeah. absolutely mm. beautiful. Yeah. And, and we, you know, we made little hedgerows yeah. and trees. Is that just because the amount of, like, smoke used, I think, and the exposure on the camera? Maybe yeah, I think just it was the exposure. It, yeah. just, it bleached it out a bit, yeah. so it always, it always looks... I, I never thought but it, it looks like ash or something, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. it doesn't look the full colour that yeah. it was. It was really rich when we yeah. did it. So we used the we used that Isle of Wight sand and mm. powder colours really just sprinkled on very delicately. Yeah. So and it looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah. But we worked through um uh, we had a, a lens at the end. Yeah. Twenty eight mil lens, and we just worked exactly to the amount of uh that. Yeah. Am I talking what right? Twenty eight mil is that right? It's That's quite what a wide rings one. bell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we had like a triangle going yeah. out from the lens, yeah. literally made as much as could be seen through the camera, and that yeah. was it. Because yeah. um, um, the camera didn't move. Camera didn't move. Shot, yeah. No, and yeah. we just kept to that um, uh, that space. And then um, Richard had worked out underneath. I've got a photograph of him mm. yeah. <laughs> down one of these holes, and um, and he he did all the. Um, mechanics you know that boosted these things up yeah, yeah. and then they went up and then if if the shot wasn't right we had to they came down again we had to dress it all in okay and yeah start oh, again. God. but <laughs> another day to dress it another, yeah it took a long time but i don't on one of those things he in he seemed to think it had taken a lot of shots i don't remember it taking a lot of shots i yeah. think it i don't think it was any more than two to be honest okay, yeah. maybe three because there was so much set up and yeah because it worked um, yeah and and we covered all the top in fuller's earth yes. so that the very very fine stuff that comes down so it was scaled down yeah. you know all the yeah. rubble that comes from the top yeah um and uh, and terry one did a, a an interview film interview at one point and he said he he said his his heart lurched every time he saw those things come up out of the ground yeah yeah it really moved him every time and every time he saw the fuller's earth sort of coming down it was sort of very emotional when <laughs> they he must have come it. up quite quickly in real yeah, life because it was shot did. at high speed so yeah. it would have been quite a violent oh thing yeah to it see. was a complete sort of um uh rig thing that shot it up yeah, yeah. you yeah. know heavy duty yeah um uh, it was exactly, you know, all those special effects guys know how to do that, yeah. 
I'm just how much prep do you get on a movie like this? Because I'm thinking whenever I have to make something now, I've got the help of eBay to order things. <laughs> you had to get the yellow pages out and call someone in the Isle of Wight no, for no, some. No. <laughs> we had buyers who we, yeah, we yeah. sent out. Okay. They'd go out in their cars and right. their vans and buy stuff for us well, okay. on the day. <laughs> All right, okay. So you had people running around getting yeah, things that you needed. Yeah. You had to, yeah. 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 And the whole art department did. So you you find the buyers at the end of the art department right. and and, and uh, they're in the cars, the cars yeah. ticking over, ready yeah. for. But I mean, they, there's like George Gibbs and and Richard. They knew every. They knew all the industries. Every what everybody was making locally, yeah. and they knew who made what. And they had you know a fantastic sort of palette of. Um, yeah, yeah. Information that it's real use. knowledge back then, though, isn't it? It's oh, not yeah. like you can just get yeah. on the on Google and oh, no. just uh, was, find yeah, the bit you need to and... research it. Yeah, and get it. You know, and and a lot of you know, there's a like lot of um, industries which fed the film industry that yeah. were sort of yeah. secondary industries. Yeah. You know, surrounding it all, yeah, so you yeah. could ring up. Joe Bloggs from somewhere and he knew how to make a particular type of plastic or a yeah. particular type of foam or, yeah. you know, and they'd come in for the day and do that. And yeah. so they had, you know, they knew everybody yeah. um, round mm. about. Where did you make this film? Lees at Lees. Uh, Wembley, yeah. Right, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it, a lot of the um, the other shots were yeah. in, uh, I discovered yesterday, a lot of it I didn't know, um, were shot in... You know some really remarkable buildings around London. Yeah. There was uh, one was the CWS Bread Factory was where most of the. <laughs> just a minute, where are we? Did a lot and of background was... research here. Like, I know you've got French <laughs> names of places. I know. You well, see I thought these you might have right me out if I didn't know. Oh no. <laughs> we believe you. You worked on it. <laughs> <laughs> but. No, but uh, it's the CWS flour mill. Right. And that became Shangri-La Towers. Right. You know, and when they... And, and also was used, where, you know, when they're going... All the, the sort of minions are going yes. along the um, machines. Mm. They were actual machines that made Oh, in bread. the ministry? In the ministry, oh, yeah. Right, OK. And they were converted into... Um, uh, yeah, You know, like, technical yeah, things. Yeah. But they were actual machines that were already there. That's great. And they just walked along this sort of flower. They were bread making machines. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and it, it it was incredible. And they hardly touched the place. No. They said when they moved in, it was riddled with mice, and yes. they managed to clean it up <laughs> yeah, a bit. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't changed much. We actually get the feeling that that's what's. I like about the ministries. It feels like, and also in in their flats, it feels like the the people are inside machines. Like mm. yeah, they yeah. are the mice. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it. Yeah. They're the drones, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And all the cables and I love the music and... through that section. Oh, my God. <clears throat> oh, the dun 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 And it just fills up. Oh, my God, it's good, yeah. Well, that's yeah. kind of become the template for making, like, yeah. this bureaucracy yeah. feel about yeah. things, where they've all, what, they want the 27B stroke six. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just great. I love all the little screens with the magnifying glasses That's on them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, they were all just picked up in junkyards. Yeah. And then Bob put them together and then, yeah. um, you know, and, and Terry got, you know, he used to get overexcited when he came round and yeah. when he saw what was being made and everything and he'd add bits and pieces or he didn't or whatever. But a lot of, uh, I mean, a lot of that was Bob Hollow just yeah. being really creative. Little touches yeah. like the telephone's got like patch leads on it. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. just incredible. Yeah. And there's there's something what something about there's something that a woman wears and she's got she's got some attachment on her hand, 
on her wrist, is it? Uh, oh, is that the something? one that's typing oh, yes. up the torture? She's typing yes. up, yes. <laughs> like some ghastly thing attached to yeah, her yeah, wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it was really... That was all kind of invented. It wasn't written into the script. Yeah, you know, yeah. That was all... I mean, the general feel of it might yeah, yeah. have been, but they, that was Bob Hollow mainly, I think. The feel of it is just amazing, though, isn't it? How you've got, like, little yeah. gags and then it's clear that someone's just been tortured in a room or, like, yeah. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> It's just the best for me, like that vibe. Yeah. Um, and Michael Perlin, when he's doing um, he's Jack uh, Lint, isn't he? Yeah. And he, he's, I mean, the way he makes his excuses, you know, about yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, yeah. he's just throttled yeah, somebody yeah. and, yeah. you know, well, it wasn't his fault because he was, <laughs> yeah, he was yeah, giving yeah. the right plan, you know, it was somebody else's fault down the line, yeah, yeah, which yeah. was so typical, you know, everybody opts out. Um, and it's just funny how they use yeah. Michael Palin, who's always... Yes, you know they're probably one of the nicest men in the universe. I know to do that. That's yeah. just like I'm sitting here and I can actually see a big bust sculpture of Terry Gilliam and Michael Palin. Yeah, a couple of Terry Gilliam. Actually. That's right. Yeah, that's and, a oh, bronze. and John Cleese. Yeah, there. the two at the top. Terry, yeah. uh, John, and Michael are bronze as well. They're painted. They're bronze. bronze. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, talking yeah. of Michael Palin, I read mm-hmm. in his diaries that you did the aliens in Life of Brian. Is that right? Yeah, yes. To know about that, because we only do science fiction films in our podcast, and because of that alien, we can now watch this, I've just realised. Uh, That's a point. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's an old alien, isn't there? So is that, did you build that whole model, did you, the alien there? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I made the two of them, yeah. Oh. Um, and <laughs> at the time, um, uh, I mean, Terry sort of gave me a, some kind of scribble or something that, to work from, and... <laughs> and and uh, so I modelled them in clay, but there was no way to, to get them. I was doing it at home because yeah, really. it was in post-production. Yeah, I didn't yeah. work on the main part of Life of yeah. Brian because Julian did that. He went off and he was away at the time. And so yeah. I, we were having the house altered, yeah. so I stayed yeah. at, at home. But um, anyway, I modelled these things in clay, the, the main body of them. And then um, I took them. The only place that I could think of... Um, uh, to get them cast was the, uh, there was a, a place that did bendy toys. Yes. Do you remember bendy toys? You won't because I'm you wouldn't have been born then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, bendy toys were the only company that were making foam. Yeah, and they they were making like foam with wire inside, and they, they were bendy toys. So I went to the factory and said, "Can you cast these for me?" And they cast the foam for me. And and then I painted them up, and then I did a hand cast that yeah. was would take somebody's hand, you know, of latex yeah. on top, and yeah. then did all these sort of little, just dressed in all the sort of veins and everything on the top. And then Terry got very excited about this, and he came to help me, mm. and spent hours and hours on one vein, you know, on one <laughs> hand, and I had to just about pull it away from him in the end and say, come on. It's actually a hand holding an eyeball, isn't it's it? It's a hand holding an eyeball, and I had to cast the eyeball as well. Yeah, and, right. um, but, it, but it was just, a, you know, a latex cast of somebody's yeah. hand, yeah. whoever was going to wear it, <laughs> and then the, all these veins going down into this bendy toy uh, thing underneath. Yeah. And I had it, I kept it for years, and Terry got, kept one and I kept one. And yeah. then when I moved house in um, oh about ninety five I think um, I thought it was all beginning to rot and yeah. fall mm. apart because yeah. of the rubber degrades and uh, so I put it on the skip when we moved house 
and it lasted about five minutes and it disappeared. Somebody yeah. got it. Uh, yeah. And my kids <laughs> never well. forgave me yeah. for throwing it. <laughs> Someone's probably sold it for 200 grand or something now. Yeah, yeah. probably did. <laughs> you know, but the, pa- the foam goes to powder after a while. Yeah, yeah, it, jokes it on them. quite old by then, yeah. yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You do. They've got techniques now of, like, making these old props last for longer now. They don't I they? do They've, know. Yeah. I do know. I sold... The head of... What is that I'm looking at? That is the Landstrider's head from yep. Dark Crystal. Right. And oh, wow. <laughs> um, I had that head and after I saved... I couldn't save the body, but I saved the head. Yeah. And I put it on a like a shield, like an animal's head, you know, and I had okay. it in my living yep. room for yep. years. <laughs> and I had another one, which was the head of the griffin from Adventures of Baron Munchausen because yep. I made the model three-headed griffin for that. Yeah. So I had one of those as well on a, on a shield as yep. well. Okay. And they started degrading. So, yep. um, I, oh, gosh, how long ago? Not that long ago, perhaps about eight years ago, uh, I sold them to Prop Store. I gave them to Prop Store yes. to sell. Yeah. And they sold them. Yeah. And they, because I thought, I can't do anything with them. They're dropping to bits. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, going to yeah. go to power. Yeah. And I asked um, Steve about them mm. recently, and he yeah. said, oh, they've all been reconstituted. They're yeah, all yeah. back to, you know, full yeah. thing again. Yeah. So okay. I do know about that. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to do it, though. Yeah, occasionally, could the prop store of London's uh, auction they have every year in London, some t- you've worked well, that on was some the of one them. I'm, that's who I got in touch with, yeah. Stephen, from there. Yeah. They sold it But you me. did the... Uh, the you did a piece for them this year, didn't you? You worked on the. Uh, I, <laughs> I did a bit of work on yeah. the thing. On it was the holy hand grenade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the holy hand grenade turned up from yeah. Monty Python's. Yeah. Now I had been asked to make a replica of the holy hand grenade because they couldn't find the original. Yeah. In about oh, it was about maybe two thousand twelve or thirteen, something like that. Okay. Because they were doing a digitised, dig- yeah, yeah. clean-up version of Holy Grail. Yeah. Right, and they couldn't find the hand grenade. So, <laughs> <laughs> with very little reference, I met John Goldstone rang me from L.A. to make this thing. Could, yeah. he, his words were, he yeah. couldn't find anyone in America to do it. Right. Can you believe okay. it? <laughs> okay. Because so, it's a British... Uh, Toilet yeah. piece. <laughs> yeah, but I, I didn't do it that way. I didn't know it was. Yeah. I didn't know that at the time. So I'm, I made it with, you know, yeah. frequent phone calls to John. Yeah. Is it absolutely right? Was yeah. the gold right? I was yeah. sending him photographs, all being yeah. finicky about the jewels on it. Yeah. Was the gold the right colour, Garda? Yeah. And anyway, we made it and it got done and it got filmed on. Then, last mm. year, yeah. the real one turned up. Okay. And it's this totally rusted yeah. <laughs> uh, toilet ball cock. Yeah, <laughs> all the jewels had gone from yeah, it, yeah. and just a, the, the cross on the top. Yeah. So what Propstore asked me to do was, could I make a kind of, um, uh, in order not to interfere with the integrity of the piece? Yes. Yeah. I had to make. Yeah. Um, it's like uh, a necklace, kind, wasn't a, it? a necklace, yeah. like a thing. <clears throat> it was um, a four-stranded um, double pearl thing with a. Uh, with a double pearl thing round the middle, yeah. if you can imagine it. Yeah. But it sat on top of it, so you could take it off. Yeah, yeah. So it didn't. So it made it look right for someone who wants to display how it. How it but... would have been, yeah. but yeah. you could still yeah. take it off. Yeah, yeah. And it sold for, I understand, fifty-five thousand grand, fifty-five thousand oh, wow. pounds. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, and they paid me 
350 for making the beads. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good game being in that prop business, I think. Oh, yeah. I saw yeah. some of the other stuff and it was hundreds and hundreds of thousands. It's ridiculous. But if you look at actually what it's all made out of, it's all pretty much the British, uh, what was in a British uh, like hardware store at the yeah, time. Of course it like is. All the lightsaber parts are made yeah. out of a tap yeah. and uh, <laughs> bits and pieces. I know. But I, like, with Brazil... And the films of this era, you can see there's a very much a London like make do attitude. They all them films look the same to me. And I mean, like this in the eighty four, and yeah, and I think the early Star Wars, yeah, yeah. And it's like they had access to the talent, which was all working in the West End, so they could be limousined from their house. Yeah. So it's like this is why everything was being made here, and then they just had loads of really creative people who would just like make do and mend. I know. Type mentality. You did it really cheap. And I don't think that was going on in the, in Ameri- in Hollywood. <laughs> no, I don't think it was. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, and that's why all this stuff looks unique. And you can tell Star Wars is made in like the same room as yeah. Yeah. these other things. Yeah. These, you know, like Kubrick films and. Oh God! When yeah. I was um, working on uh, Indiana Jones at the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, I never get the name right, but um, Jabba the Hutt was in the corner wrapped in pl- polythene <laughs> in the same studio. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Just John watching Coppinger over you. That. Yeah. And that's quite a big thing, that. Job, yeah, it was that, huge. It? it took up the whole corner. It was just wrapped yeah. in plastic. Yeah. Uh, I'm sitting here and there's a massive snake on the wall. Yeah. Is that Indiana Jones? Well, it's not yeah. from Indiana yeah. Jones, but I used the same method yeah. to make that as okay. I used to make the... Yeah. Sna- to make the you know um, in Indiana Jones where they cut the snake and then all the eels come out of it? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Snake surprise. Yeah. That was hell. <laughs> <laughs> I made, I made, I think, four or five of those snakes, yeah. uh, you know, for different... Well, there was only one used in the end. They all disappeared. Ah, snake surprise. Yeah. <laughs> they completely disappeared. And then I, I discovered Monkey years brains. afterwards, they were, they were for sale yeah. in Christie's. Right. Yeah. <laughs> them. Yeah. yeah. You should have done more stealing, Val, back in the day. I know, I should have kept, you know, but I had limited Yeah, going through space. the bins in the 80s must have been a really a lucrative career, wasn't it? <laughs> but nobody put any value on it in the early days. No, you know, they were just, no. I mean, thing, when things were finished, you just, they went in the skip and that was yeah. it. Because often yeah. they were too big and, you know. I mean, I kept the... Um, no, I didn't keep the flying man. Terry kept the flying man. He's got the flying man. The larger model. The, the, yeah, yeah, the that yeah. size one, yeah. Yeah. Size one, and that that is kind of got motors and things inside it, yeah. has it? And yeah, yeah, um, it was, it's all motors. I mean, it was a terrific model. Um, yeah. uh, it was all on wires, you know, yes. just on it was just a rig and it just flew right across this rig, and um, and then they t- shot it from different angles, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's weird because it's on the poster of Brazil and it's mm. kind of I don't think people really understand what the film's about because it's got it's kind <laughs> of got a different look to what the film yeah. is. I yeah, think. I don't like I'm uh, not keen on the poster actually. I don't think it I don't think it It looks like Metropolis. Doesn't yeah. say right, does it really? No. It's too too um We actually smart. have to look at the poster and it's like filing cabinets and That's it's jumping right, out of yeah. a filing cabinet. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I wasn't the title does it deserves as well, really. Like Brazil, I don't know if you agree with that. But I, do you know, I I only discovered listening yesterday to that. Um, well, I've heard Terry say it before, but he 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 was uh, where was he? He was um, doing some research in Port Talbot, hmm. and um, it's a place where there's a lot of coal mining and uh, engineering and stuff. And the beach was absolutely black. And he hmm. he saw he said he saw this guy 
sitting on the beach and just listening to music and he yeah. was listening to Brazil. Right. And it was just such a surreal image and he remembered it. Yeah. And and it's a I think it's a piece of genius because Yeah. The music is so fantastic throughout the film. It's yeah. so Is that piece used before that? For, I, I, do you know what's the hit what's the story with the music? It was originally called Watercolour of Brazil and it was by somebody called... It's an oldie, isn't Bureau- it? It's oh, a- yeah, it's a, it was a, an old classic, yeah. yeah. Guilt from Ipanema type thing. The, the one that he used and the one that he's heard was by Jeff Mulder. Right. And and then Michael Kamen, who did the music finally, did yeah. lots of... Um, yes. You know, played around with it a lot. Um, but the words, and I didn't quite get all the words, but, you know, tomorrow is another day. Mm. Uh, something from a mile away, um, uh, and still a million things to to say. I mean, it's mm. just very amazing words. Mm. If you find the whole words from from it, it's yeah. it's very. And when it's like echoing poignant. in reverb, and yeah. it's all within them yeah. big miniature cities yeah, and stuff, no, it kind of really it, works. And it really works, and I think that that kind of odd juxtaposition of yeah. unlikely yeah. Yeah. things throughout the whole film yeah. is. Again, it's. I mean, it would have been done probably quite intuitively by Terry, but yeah. it kind of. Oh my God! It is genius, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it and it all kind of comes together as a, you know. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. I just love how the the confidence of him cutting. You know, you know, the quite a few times, uh, Jonathan Price will turn away from a scene in the. the in quotes, real world, and it'll go straight to a dream sequence. Yeah. And there's no sort of cut away you know just like just like straight into it and that confidence with it really sells it i think you're like you know you you go with it don't you because of what he's they're they're more like like you say the the dream sequences are very kind of almost like a fantasy film like something like dark crystal or whatever aren't they and then you've got this very gray bureaucratic horrible future it's just that yeah they're kind of like maybe that's kind of probably why they shouldn't have put that image on the poster because it makes it like you say it makes it look like it's a completely different (laughs) it's <laughs> yeah. a completely different thing yeah mm. yeah yeah um do you have much when you're going into things does some as someone like drawn what it's going to look like does terry do <laughs> somewhat yeah. <laughs> yeah i have i've got a collection of his of, of sort of his drawings on the yeah. edges of paper napkins and <laughs> you know bits of yeah. paper and stuff yeah. uh, that Quite skimpy, really. Yeah. But mm. he, having said that, he knows he does know what he wants, and he kind of he certainly knows what he doesn't want. So yes. yeah, yeah. if right. you don't get it right, he, you know he'll he'll he knows exactly. I mean, I had to do a talk recently at the NFT introducing time bandits, and I was saying he says he was he was um, uh, he had a conversation with um, Tarantino. Yeah. Tarantino mm. had gone to. Um, uh, some sort of uh, retreat thing where you learn about how to make film and you have a, yep. a film mentor. Yeah. And Tarantino's mentor on that occasion was Terry Gilliam, yep. who was very excited about it. So when t- before Tarantino had done yeah, anything, yeah. he hadn't yeah. done Reservoir Dogs yet. Mm. And he showed he showed the script to Terry and Terry liked it. Mm. And it, Tarantino said, oh, yeah, but how do I get this stuff on the screen? I've got all these great ideas, yeah. but how do I get it on the yeah. screen? And Terry said, you don't worry about that. He said, you just... Um, Get your ideas, communicate your ideas really clearly, yeah. get some really good people around you, and yeah. they get it on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> and so I took that in this talk and I said, yeah, yeah. well, um, and I'd, I'd, act, I'd actually discussed this with uh, the production designer on um, 
on Tam Bannock's Millie yeah. Burns and the makeup uh, person Elaine Carew mm. and the sound guy, um, Andre Jackman. We all agreed that it was more than that, that in order to know what Terry wanted, you had to be psychic. Yeah, you, you had to do the work <laughs> to find out what he wanted. Yes, yeah. Really, yeah. you really had to get into his head and yeah. you had to sort of be able to leave yourself aside yeah. and get into his head yeah. and really kind of become quite um, tuned in to what he was about. Mm. Yeah. And it was a lot of effort, you know. It it, it 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 was it wasn't just quite as simple as he laid it out to be. But that's working with a particular sort of creativity, isn't it? Yeah. Because because with with Brazil, you've got the two kind of opposing things of you've got Monty Python and 1984. Yeah. Together. Yeah. And with Monty Python, I was never a Monty Python fan because I kind of mm. just thought they were like they're like scenarios, all of their like sketches. Mm. Without any like punchline or ending to them, <laughs> yes. yeah. like you, they'd go and do a thing, yeah, and they'd go away. Where Brazil kind of puts like some full stops on 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 meaning and mm. and you know these sort of themes, which that's what I quite like about it. But uh, I mean, you guys like. Uh, all the Python stuff. Yeah. Oh no, I, well I'm not a huge Monty Python fan either. Like I say, I like the films, but uh, no, yeah. I never really watched the series so much. But I think you're right. I think I, they were just slightly before my time. That's yeah, all. no, yeah. but I think you're right with that, Chris. I think it's yeah. it's that kind of almost like almost there's scenes in um, Brazil that are like a cartoon. It's like a Roadrunner cartoon or something. You know, mm. it's that bit when yeah. he's outside the outside the her van and he's like writes on that he has a little sign yeah. and he writes in the dirt and you know like it's it's ridiculous but it's because it's smashed against this horrible brutal future and very realistic you know if you think of the animations though, that terry gilliam did for mm. monty python that was kind of his thing like my i'm growing up my dad loved monty python and he had all like, the books the paperback books he used to do of like yeah, yeah. um which were full of um, Gilliam's like drawing stuff like that so when I was a bit older and I saw all these films it was as though those drawings had come to life in like a you yes. know in, in a really interesting yeah. way and that's yeah. what especially like Jabberwocky as well and yeah, you know yeah. but Baron Munchausen it, I think it, what he says there what you say he says about like getting people to go and make it for him he definitely found that because it is like his drawings have come to life in a way isn't it like yeah. Jabberwocky's yeah. Uh, mm. you know that was your it, first collaboration with him, was it? No, Holy Grail. Holy Grail. I did. I did Holy Grail, Jabberwocky. Yeah. Brazil. Uh, you down on IMDb as monster creation for Jabberwocky. So is that? Did you do? Did you build the Jabberwocky? Is that the? Well, I rescued the Jabberwocky. Right. Um, to be honest, <laughs> okay. and no, I, I did. I was in the, you know, designing it with Terry right in the early stages, and, right, and we okay. looked at. Uh, lots of people to make it mm. and I started making it and then I was taken oh, it's the whole story it's another story but I was taken off it by the supervisor because hadn't at that point made a creature costume mm. and I was absolutely furious about it because I'd spent a lot of time on the research mm. but then something went wrong and at the end of the film the Jabberwocky didn't appear mm. so at that point this was April when I was involved with it and then mm -hmm. in November the Jabberwocky still hadn't been made. Right. And so then yeah. I was brought back on it to to pull it back together again okay. in a week. Yeah. And we actually took oh, 10 like days. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and there, wow. were, there was four of us worked on it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I can't claim whole thing, but I did rescue it. Yeah. 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 Responsible for a lot of my nightmares as a child, the Jabberwocky. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The difference between monster creation and then they call it modeler or 
model making? Is it just depending on whether it's a creature or like a building or a... Just, I think so. I mean, yeah. when I did that frame store talk, I, I yeah. kind of had to think about what I'd, you know, what had I done, and yeah. it divided really into three strands. And yeah. so there was creature costumes, yeah. and I made about thirty-seven creature costumes right. over the years. Okay, um, that were worn by performers. Right. Then there were special effects models, yeah. which were either static or animatronic driven. Okay. Uh, and then there was just where I worked with a team, yes. Icon Brazil, yeah. Yeah. which for me was the best. I like mm. preferred working on a team rather than leading a team. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. just you know, it's just more fun because you you're not yeah. in the front line. Yeah. But um and I really and on Indiana Jones I was part of the same team that yeah. did Indiana Jones as well. Okay. As yeah. as Brazil. And uh so that I found that really fun because yeah. you were sort of, you know, you, you were relieved of the yeah. Responsibility, yeah, but yeah. you could just have loads yeah. of creative freedom. So, was it yeah. a different fit? A different so, uh, another location oh. question about Brazil that I had. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the the very last bit, the interrogation scene at the end in the giant room. Oh, yeah. Is that all a set, or is that what? What is that? Do you no, know if no, that's that, a well, cooling that was tower? Right? Inside of a cooling tower. That is actually a real cooling tower. Actually, yeah. inside of a cooling <laughs> oh, tower, wow. yeah. And and um, they uh, and there was no floor in it. Terry actually had to build a track which said was really quite dangerous, you know, for the camera to go on and for them to walk up to that centre bit. That had to be yeah. built for the oh, film. Wow. Because there was no actual floor in the thing. And then yeah. they, they, as far as I know, they abseiled really down yeah. the top of the yeah, yeah, yeah. cooling tower. Yeah, yeah. That's incredible. It is. <laughs> incredible. You but know. that's going back to that thing we are saying about how, like, it, these things look different to modern films in the sense that that would be all CG, wouldn't it, stuff like that. Yeah. And... But the, that, those last shots, especially on a big screen, are so impressive, aren't they? When you see the yeah, yeah, mm. I know. And it, I think that kind of knowledge that it's done for real means mm. something, you know. Because yeah. mm. if you if you're sitting at a computer and you can make anything happen, what's your life like? You know, what's your actual life like? Mm. Um, you know, what what? How are you engaging with nature and you know the, the reality of how you make something is, for yeah. for real you know how you yeah. cut a piece of wood yeah. or uh, you know it, it's a very different experience different altogether, altogether and yeah. it, i'm sure it's doing funny things to people yeah you know? he wants to stay and get a computer all day yeah, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> yeah, yeah. also it must be a, a different feel for the actors as well and yeah. Like everyone, just if they're physically there, it's it's much different experience than mm. green screen or whatever, just kind yeah. of all in your head. Yeah, and it's misleading because in real life, you can't do things that you can do on a computer. Mm. You know, you there are boundaries to what you can do. For example, um, one of the things we failed to do for Terry uh, in the in the day back in the day was he in Brazil he wanted. Um, a cubic meter of sky, yeah. and mm. we tried. Ev- Richard tried what do you mean every a which way. Meter of sky? It was it was just to be like a cube of sky right. in a black space. Okay, right, and we couldn't do it. We we tried everything. We tried doing it in water. We tried. I mean, Richard tried more than me. I, yeah, I wasn't yeah. that involved, yeah. but I know it was a problem they couldn't solve. Which in, now mm. wouldn't be an issue, would it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but. Mm. So there are, you know, there are real boundaries to what you yeah, could limits, do yeah. in with models and and, yeah. and special effects. Um, but I think it's also important to know what the boundaries are in real life. You know, and mm. you know, imagination creates everything. But mm. you know, the imagination of of nature is beyond any yeah. imagination that yeah, any yeah, yeah. human's got. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's far mm. more awesome. 
Um, but it's real yeah. and it works and it, it sustains itself yeah. and it deals with its own waste. Mm. You know, mm. it, it, yeah. it's kind of intelligent. Mm. It's um, Whereas I'm not quite... I don't know enough about computers to... Um, it's uh, funny, though, because it seems like some of the ideas that uh, Terry Gilliam's got is like would have been ideal for... No, no, he's he's into yeah. computers. I yeah. mean, he uses... Um, he was telling me about it the other day. He okay. uses... Um, Photoshop all the time, and he uses, yeah. you know, he's designing yes. on computers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he, I think so he's, he's an Apple master. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just moved with the times. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. No. I was interested, Val. Have you watched the new Dark Crystal series at all? I've you watched seen... two episodes of it so far. Yeah. What did you think of the look of that? Because I thought they were quite faithful to how you've yeah. done the original in terms of they were still using a lot of models and things. And I thought I was quite impressed with how restrained they were with that. And you know, it was weird to see a modern thing that looked quite. The original, mm. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I thought it was okay, but I didn't. I thought the writing wasn't very good. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, was, <laughs> it, it yes. was very yappy and and sort of. I, I didn't know what. I, I haven't been motivated to watch the rest of it. Yet. Yes, <laughs> it's a very different sort of thing. But I just thought, yeah. in terms of the look, the aesthetic of it, I thought they did a good job of capturing the original could, sort of they feel. They did of a it. lot of like tweaking in post, though. I think. Didn't yeah, they? I think I've heard. Right, seen, okay. Have you seen them in real life? The actual. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. I saw some of the stuff. To be yeah. honest, I because I'd seen the actual stuff in the first, you know, the, yeah. the sets and. Uh, in the first Dark Crystal, mm. I yeah. didn't think it had the same quality. Right, to be okay. honest. Yeah. I but I think unless you'd been there, you would probably wouldn't see it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone I've spoken to mm. is quite pleased with it. Even mm. Brian Froud, who I, yeah. I saw a couple of weeks ago yeah. at a convention, and they, Wendy, who'd done the Gelflings, and Brian, yeah. who designed the whole thing, yeah. um, they were quite pleased with it. But then their mm. son had had worked on it, Toby, right, okay. who was the baby in Labyrinth. Right. And oh, I'd God. taken him. I'd <laughs> taken him through his degree at Wimbledon College of Art. He right. came to with me, and I took him yeah. through his degree. And he and he did the um, a lot of work on the on the series on the Netflix yeah. series. Mm-hmm. But I, though it didn't quite do it for me, mm. to be honest. Yeah. Okay. Um, they but, are doing a turn in of change, changes in post. I think it's kind of everyone's going on about how practical things are now, but they are mm. doing lots in the computer afterwards. Mm. Mm. Yeah. It also loses just that, like Dark Crystal was one of my favourites as a child, and, it, and I, I think part of it is watching it on VHS. It just looks so grimy and dark around the corners in a way the modern one can't, in a way I suppose, can it? Yeah, I suppose that's something yeah. to do with how you're building it as well. But there's a certain um, and labyrinth as well. They've both got that sort of you know, there's something you're not seeing just out of shot, isn't there? All the time, it used to yeah. that kind of thing that terrifies you as a kid, but also you know excites yeah. you. It's, it's like Time Bandits when you see that M- end sequence. Yeah, yeah, yes. it's like. Uh, it did have a different effect on me when I saw it when you did the talk to when I was remembered it as a kid. Yeah. Like, I... Obviously, because I'm not a kid now, I can see what's going on. But, yeah. like, I remember it had a big effect on me. Yeah, it was, was terrifying, yeah. 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 Been astonished at the impact that those films have had on children because yeah. oh, you're yeah. the grown-up children yeah. of those yes. films, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I had the and, same um, baby grow as the kid in Labyrinth, yeah. so I used to yeah. scare him to death so I was convinced that was, that was me when I was It's funny how it's one big extended family, though, isn't it? Like, yeah. you still keep in touch with all yeah. these people yeah. and then uh, Terry's daughter yeah. and... Yeah. Well, I think I think because uh, um, from Holy Grail, Jabberwocky, Time Bandits, all the way through, Terry always used the same people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I worked on... 
altogether I worked on nine Monty Python related films right. directed by either Terry Jones or Terry Gilliam or okay. uh, one by yeah. shouldn't be mentioned by John Cleese which yeah. didn't do too well but um, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know so I was pretty much the same people in, in the crew working okay. all the way through yeah. so we, we got to know each other yeah, very yeah. fairly well yeah so you had some pretty long standing collaborations with people did you ever do any Muppets things no, no, I didn't. No. I didn't do any Muppets. I I only did two films with Jim Henson, yeah. but each film lasted. Well, Dark Crystal. I was on it for thirteen months, right? And then Labyrinth was something similar. You know, a yeah, long yeah. time. Yeah. So you were on a film for a long time yeah, yeah. in those days. Yeah. And um, uh, I mean, when I did that talk, I worked out exactly how long I'd been on each film and right. how much I'd been paid. Okay. And I've got I've got it all down. What, how here. much per day? <laughs> per <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah, per week. Yeah. Um, and uh, on Brazil, I was employed from the 26th of September, 83, yeah. okay. to the 29th of June, 84, and I got £440 a week. <laughs> okay. That was it. But, you see, the it was still, you know, it, you got overtime if you worked yeah. overtime, yeah. you got time yeah. and a half at weekends. And weekend. often you were doing overtime when things got of tight and you yeah. were having to fix things. And yeah, you got sick pay yeah. and, you know, the union sort of, you were, I was in the union, so yeah. I was well looked after, yeah. which was mm. necessary in film business, I always yeah. believed. Yeah. Um, How did you first get started? Because was it a closed shop back then? Was it well, a very it, it, defined progressions of career? Um, you had to sort of... It, it was one of those um, situations where you had to be have a job before you could apply for the union. You had yeah. to end in <laughs> yeah, the yeah, union yeah. before you could get a job. Yeah. So if you could sneak into getting a job, then yes. you could join the union okay. at a certain point. So I was asked to go on to Holy Grail by my neighbour, my next-door neighbour, who okay. happened to be the art director. Right. And oh, wow. Although I was living with Julian, who was... Um, uh, Julian and Mark were co-producing the film, yeah. but it wasn't Julian that gave me the job. It was um, Roy Smith was the art director, and he'd started the um, uh, sort of pre-production work up in Dune. In, in the uh, there was a hotel in Dune called the Woodlands Hotel, yeah. and he'd taken over the barn in the car park, yeah. and that was the prop place for yeah. make, building the all yeah, the stuff yeah, for yeah. Holy Grail. And Terry had designed. Um, uh, a, a sort of front piece of a boat, yeah. and somebody had been given the job to do it, and they'd miss. They hadn't looked at the design properly, mm. and they they'd sort of done a cartoon Loch Ness monster, yeah. which he hated because this yeah. was a kind of gothic <laughs> yes. head on the front of this boat. Okay, yeah. And so um, he he got asked to remake the boat, yeah. and um, so Roy had to find somebody who could do this. Well, I at the time I had a, an exhibition at Swiss Cottage Library mm. of ceramic sculpture which is all around here yeah. and it was all anti-war stuff it was all yeah. it was vietnam war at the yeah, time yeah, so it was right. all anti-war sculpture yeah. uh, ceramic sculpture and total chance uh, roy had seen the exhibition and liked it mm. but hadn't known it was his neighbor who had made it right until he saw me bringing the stuff into the house okay and when he saw that, mm. that was it. He asked me to go up to Scotland and make yeah, this head. Brilliant. And I'd never made anything like that yeah. before. Although I had been helping Julian with his props for a mm. few years, mm. you know, sort yeah. of anything that they needed. Yeah. So that was what sent me up to Scotland. So I was to do this uh, head, which was it was dead easy. I mean, yeah. I just cut out the shape and sort of modelled it and on in sort of low relief on each side in um, sort of hessian and glue and stuff. Yeah. And that was the first time I met Terry. He came up 
and um, fortunately liked it. And that was the, you know, okay. the beginning of it all, really. Sweet. And I just carried on working on the film and yeah. painted shields and yeah. made tents and, you know, faffed about. Yeah. And uh, it was fabulous. And, yeah. then, oh, and then at the end... Um, when we got back to London, they needed a model for the they need for the Trojan rabbit. You yes. know the rabbit that gets pushed yeah, into yeah, the yeah. castle, and uh, so they asked me to make this model, which I made mm. uh, out of balsa wood and covered. You know, mm. I, but again, it was just that thing of knowing to do it exactly. So yeah, I copied it exactly like the the real mm. thing, yeah. even to where every piece of bark was yeah, on yeah, the, yeah. on the thing, because it you know it had to cut into yeah, the yeah. thing and it had to be. And we, Julian and I shot that on our flat roof. Yeah, and yeah. Julian had it on the end. I was holding it on a fishing line. Okay. Julian had the camera and I sort of yanked it across and it flew across and Julian filmed it. And that was how that <laughs> shot was done. Yeah. You know, and it worked. Yeah. And Julian was very good at that. You mm. know, Julian and Terry together were terrific at um, being really ingenious about simple ways of doing things. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. like putting a kid in the suit of armour to get yep. the scale right, yep. you know, and uh, stuff like that. And, uh, just cheating all the time mm. yeah. because Terry understood, you know, it was, it was about working closely with the camera. Julian was mm. a was a, a, a director and lighting cameraman yeah. as well and, and an editor. Yeah. And and, to, um, and Terry was obviously wanted to tell his stories yeah, yeah. the best way he could, but he yeah. was also a maker. You know, he had yeah. a maker's mentality. Mm. His dad was a carpenter, mm. you know. Uh, so... It, it 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 was that kind of um, more I don't know what you call it's a it holistic craft, approach it? to stuff like, to craft yeah, yeah. yeah. using yeah. every element yeah. you can to yeah. make something work mm. and in your field you probably had quite a uh, a varied life be- just because you were working with these people who would do a film with aliens and then mm. rabbits and creatures <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah like there'd be people doing your job on in other parts of the industry, which wouldn't be as varied a Possibly, uh, exposure yeah. to different things. Maybe. Probably. I think I was dead lucky to sort of land yeah. with working with some interesting directors. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. I, I don't suppose I would have done it if I hadn't, to be honest. No. But, um, yeah. uh, it, no, I mean, and then it just rolled after yeah. that. I, I honestly went from then. I, I never, ever looked for a job in 20 years. Yeah. I don't think I ever looked for a job. Yeah, and but I mean, there are a lot of people did a lot more than I did. But yeah. the only difference was that I photographed everything I did. Yes, so I kept a record of it, so okay. I had a really good portfolio. Yeah. Mm. And so I, every time, if I went for a job with a portfolio, mm. I got it. You know, there yeah. wasn't I had no problem. Um, Valley's done a little exhibition of some of her photographs from different sets um, in Muswell Hill last year. It was. It, it was, was. Was it last yeah, year? It, it was the year before, actually. Yeah, before. Wow. Yeah, it was autumn Down. 18. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, amazing photographs. Yeah. Um, you've been talking about actually getting some things together to do a book soon, so... Oh, might cool. Possibly. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. Space. Possibly, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I have got over 700 photographs of yeah. all the films, yeah. And, yeah, wow. which I've archived recently, got them all yeah. onto the computer, um, and uh, uh, just mainly for mm. that talk that, that yeah. I did, mm. and... Uh, I didn't know there was any interest in it, you see, but I just kept the stuff, thank God. Just go downstairs in in uh, in like some comic book store or <laughs> yeah. film book store, like yeah. Forbidden Planet or something, and you'll just see there's tons of these sort of books yeah, now, books, which yeah. 
are super popular. Oh, really? Yeah. But it's it's fascinating from the perspective of anyone who's a fan of those films, but just from the perspective of someone who's a filmmaker or who's just interested in behind the scenes or even just how how you did those things. And like you say, because you used real stuff, I think there's a real, you know, people can do computers, but, you know, there is a whole load of people out there who love those films and who would love to see the real things you did and be able to kind of be inspired to go and make that stuff themselves, you know? Yeah. You know, and and go back to that way of... One of the um, strands that I uh, did, I've sort of organised... Uh, the pictures into certain things. You know, I was saying I, I did creature costumes, I did model, uh, special effects models. I also did photographs of the clay uh, that I modelled before it was moulded mm. because you that's the sharpest yes. that you get. Yeah, yeah. You know, as it gets moulded, it gets less so and then mm. you've got to sort of build mm. it back up again. Um, so I've got... Um, and I talked a bit about, about using clay because mm. I love clay. It's, yeah. it's a, a really sensitive material mm-hmm. for modelling. I've never come across a, um, a manufactured version which mm. is as good as natural clay. Yeah. Mm. Fine modelling clay, it's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. And it has different qualities depending on how yeah, dry yeah. or wet yeah. it is. And it, when it dries, it goes leather hard and yeah. you, can po- you can actually burnish it, you know, yes. you can carve yeah. it and... And it shrinks, but you know, once you know, and and it's completely, you can keep it going for years and years and years. Yes, yeah, yeah. You can always keep it keep going. It, it's um, it fantastic natural material. So that I was always worked from clay. Yeah. Made everything if I possibly could, I'd make it first in clay. It's weird because this there's yeah. this stage which you never actually use because you're always moulding yeah. from the clay. That's right. Once the clay's gone, it's yeah. yeah. Back in the ground. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I did all those, yeah, Yeah. and then they get they get moulded and there are some new tools now in VR where you can sort of model in I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But is it the same? It's not the same, no. No. I mean, is it like You get no feedback, are you? There's no feedback. Yeah. There's no feedback. Textures aren't the same. No. But what you can do is you can kind of light it immediately and see how it will be under the film conditions mm. Mm. Uh, and also like you can deal with scale that isn't possible in real life of course you know you can make like yeah. a 200 yeah. foot tall clay man or something can't you quite easily in VR which is mm. but um, you know you were talking earlier about um, when things are done in CGI mm. it's all sort of mapped out before you start so there's no room for a lot of decisions have to be made early on yes yeah, yeah. yeah. the spontaneity has gone I suppose yeah mm. the the more than that, really, it's the the evolution of something has gone. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to make mistakes in mm, in yeah. the process. Mm. And I mean, one of the things I'm very keen on promoting is mistakes because mm. that's what you learn, you learn so yeah. much from yeah. making a mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you you know you build up a mm. a, a body of you work. You could do a bit at the back of your book where things went wrong. Yeah. Oh, I good. could, and yeah. <laughs> I could totally. read most of the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's it's that. The first time I experienced something akin to that, but yeah. in the old world, was yeah. with um, Indiana Jones yeah. and the Temple of Doom because Spielberg worked completely differently to yeah. Terry, yeah. where Terry was would start off with a you know like a broad, broad vision of what he wanted, yes, and then it would get fined down and fined down, yeah, it yeah. would evolve and it would change, and mm. he kept that room for mm. changing all the time. Mm. Um, not with Spielberg. Mm. The whole thing was mapped out in advance. Yes. So all the storyboards were done. Yeah. Everything, uh, a day's work, they'd have a big sort of board up with the storyboard on for yeah. that day. Yeah. And you just you just work through one thing to yeah. another. And 
uh, at the beginning of the film, uh, George Lucas came round with his great big entourage and mm. Spielberg and everybody, and they, they came round the studios and they told us mm. what they wanted, and yeah. then they went off on location. Yeah. And then they were going to be away for six weeks or something, yeah, yeah. and we had to make the stuff. Yeah. But they came back a week early. Right. <laughs> Put everybody into a flurry. But because it was Spielberg, all the heads of department were like really, um, you know, on their best yeah, behaviour yeah. and really getting yeah. things ahead and really, yeah, you know, yeah. becoming quite authoritarian. You know? Yeah. But we had so we had to do everything absolutely to the letter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so nothing was changed. But you used to like Terry Gilliam and yeah, yeah, you know, chill out, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was it was just as demanding, yeah. but it was more realistic in the sense of the actual process, the actual creative process yes. of how things evolve, how mm. ideas change when they get off mm. the paper into yeah. something real, yeah. and how relationships change when you start seeing things yeah. juxtaposed yeah. to this, mm. to that, mm. to the other. You know. Yeah. I mean, it's it it, it takes away all that kind of the involvement of the whole yeah. team in all those processes, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's my unpredictable. Yeah. And the yeah. learning that happens as you yeah. progress. Because yeah. you're learning all the time. You, mm. Each film's a new set of problems that yeah. you've got to learn about. Yeah. And uh, and so that's a, another whole thing. So and that's the American style versus the British style, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think but going it, back to Brazil, you can definitely see on the screen that Tron area you're talking about, because everything looks so lived in and real, doesn't it? And mm. it also coheres together in a way that some films don't. And I guess that's what you're saying from Tron era of getting things to a place where it works. And mm. I mean, you yeah. could not have written the script to name everything that's in the film no. Yeah. No, before yeah. the film was made. Yes. You couldn't yeah. have done that no. because that was the process of making the film, yes. yeah. uh, what came at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's, I think... The difference to what you described in CGI. But also, when they're spending more money on a film, you've got to kind of um, the script that you sell it on is it's probably got to be closer than mm. to the end product than because they're, they're they're getting hundreds of millions of dollars. So I think it's a lot of decisions are made up front. Well, it is, and, and it's that relationship that you know between uh, a sort of visionary director. Yeah. And the money yeah. people. Where was he getting yeah. his money from back then? Like, well, that what the money for Brazil yeah. came through Arn and Milchan. Right. He got together with Arn and Milchan, and okay. they they swung it on the back of uh, Time Bandits, I think. Right. Because yeah. he did very well out of Time Bandits, okay. and and they um, uh, they managed to talk to somebody at the Cannes Film yeah. Festival, I think, when okay. they were showing Time Bandits, and they yeah. managed to get a deal. Yeah, yeah. But they didn't get it to begin with. It no. was People were very suspicious about it to yeah. begin mm. with. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, I think, you know, you're talking about... Uh, I mean, I think I was lucky because I worked with directors who were... who really cared about what they did. They mm. weren't just mm. in it for the money. Yeah, yeah. They really... They were visionaries who cared about mm. making... However, they did it, making mm. some kind of commentary yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. on the world from their experience, yeah. and, and that applied to Jim Henson as well. Mm. He was a really lovely man, and um, so I think that there's always that real tension between artists, real mm. artists who yeah. are trying to do something of some consequence, yes, and then these people who are just in it to make a heap of money, yes, yeah. and I mean, you know. In a way, they're both they're both it needed, yeah. you know, in such an expensive industry like film. You yeah. need the money people you mm. to, need to provide the money. Mm. But, you know, it also mm. opens the gates to so much crap. 
I'm not sure what <laughs> you know. social commentary the Marvel films have. How dare you? How dare you? Marvel, <laughs> Endgame and all that. What? I mean, we're not here a to talk about social that. commentary in there. But <laughs> Is I'm he winding sure. you up? <laughs> yeah, you know. But maybe. when you get a Python to make a sci-fi film, you're going to get some serious commentary, like social commentary, going on, aren't you? And uh, you yeah. might if it's Terry Gilliam. Yeah. <laughs> you might not if right, it's somebody okay. else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the premise of our the premise of this uh, podcast is we kind of put all of our films into like one massive top of the pops. Oh right. So at the moment, I think we've got Alien at the top, haven't we? Yeah, we have. Yeah. Which, yeah. which has kind of been there for a long time, um, and as a sort of similar era film, um, there's. I mean, I think that's a masterclass in like making things, isn't it? It's just. Yeah. I remember when I was doing that short last year and I was talking to you about it like I mean for me that that's that's pretty much the the tops isn't it And again but you see it was because it had a fantastic designer yep. you know mm. what's the Swiss guy Iger mm. Iger yeah mm. and a very small crew of people making mm. that stuff and yeah. there, there weren't many um mm. you know it was I think it it was fairly early on yeah. so there weren't 79 you know, a lot of technical things were changing around about that time, like yes. developments yeah. in foam and yeah. foam casting and yeah. um, uh, plastics and things. Yeah. That was all changing a they lot. They had actually had a face hugger, I think, in the auction this year, and uh, you can see the it it's changed so much over time. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh, I d- it was like bright orange. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's the. Even with all the tech, techniques and technology and whatnot, I think it's 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 the designers mm-hmm. and it's that deal with the look of the thing yeah. and the directors, yeah. you know, who uh, um, make these things what they are. Yeah, yeah. And um, you know, Ridley Scott and uh, you know what he was up to and and you know, and he was an artist. You know, mm-hmm. he was in, went yeah, to art yeah. school and could draw very yeah, well. And yeah. and I think it's that you know. Directors who are really visual directors yeah, as well, yeah, like yeah. Terry, fantastic yeah, yeah. artist, you know. The architectural um, artist on that Alien, I think, is it Rob Cobb or something like that? Uh, he he designed the ships and all, oh, everything he? like mechanical. Yeah, yeah. And then they left Geiger to do just the, the biological. Oh, right. And you can see the distinct yeah, yeah. difference. Yeah. And I think that's what really stands out on yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Brian Froud, I mean, uh, on Dark Crystal, I mean, yeah. his drawings are just absolutely yeah. beautiful. Yes. You know, yeah. I've, I've yeah. got one of his books, and yeah. they're just classic. You yeah. know, but you know, he lives in Devon, and he draws from natural yeah. things all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's lovely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I'm going to wrap this up because yep. otherwise okay. we're going to have a super longer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you very much for speaking to yeah, us. Yeah, thanks. Oh, thanks. My it's been pleasure. I've enjoyed yeah. it. Um, thank you. Let us know. Let us know when your your book's out. <laughs> yes, yeah. we'll, we'll plug that. Yeah. yeah. We will. We'll plug that. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank Brilliant. you. Okay. Well, there we go. Thanks very much, Valerie Charlton, for coming along and talking to us. Uh, very informative, insightful. I'm sure you'll agree. And thanks to Chris for sorting all that out as well. And hopefully we'll get to do more stuff like that in the future. Um, as it is, that's it. Next week we are back to business as normal with, uh, I think, Redline, which is a Japanese cartoon. So poor Chris won't be too happy about that one. But never mind, I will be. Uh, we'll see you all then. Goodbye. Goodbye.